0: Hi everyone, it's Lindsay and Tamara and you're listening to Take Me to Chelsea, a podcast where two Canadians rewatch and discuss the hit UK reality show, Made in Chelsea. Today we are discussing season one, episode seven, Payback's a Bitch, which originally aired on June 20th, 2011. So Tam, do you want to hit us up with the synopsis? Emotions boil over this week, so get your masquerade
1: masks ready. Spencer's scheme to play Kaggy hot and cold doesn't go over quite as planned, and her reaction isn't the desired effect. Meanwhile, Ollie and Gabby pretend to be friends, but tension is high when she sees him talking to another woman. The plot thickens when he later scores a date with a man he meets at the park. And things between Millie and Rosie come to a head when they finally admit their shared hurt.
0: So let's pop the champagne.
1: Okay, so for a change, I want to start it off with Ollie and Gabby since we always leave them to the end and I think in this episode they deserve to be middle if not beginning, but let's let's put them at the beginning. High drama this episode. <laughs> so they they meet up, I guess Gabby runs into the the three of them at a cafe and she's really pushing to have them all hang out and Ollie mentions this masquerade ball. And then essentially they disappear the rest of the episode until we actually get to the ball. And there's this huge drama where Ollie is chatting with another woman and Gabby flips out. She's so upset that he, I, and okay, I can understand because I see that the woman's like playing with his hair and she's being touchy and flirty. But what did you think about that?
0: It felt very staged. Like Ollie, I don't think was doing anything wrong in that situation. They're at like a party. He already was very generous in inviting Gabby and trying to like, okay, let's be normal. I don't think he, maybe he wasn't as sensitive as he could have been, but I think because he didn't really feel attracted to this girl, he thought it was quite harmless. And meanwhile, Gabby was stewing in the corner.
1: I agree with you. Like, I think he was fair and I definitely think the show paid that woman to go and flirt with him. Um, And if not the show, then it was definitely like coming from the woman because he seems to deny it quite adamantly. Having said that, they're broken up. He has absolute right to do what he wants. If Mm -hmm. he had been fully into that new woman and was flirting with her, like this is a situation that Gabby kind of pushed herself into. and It's like, why can't we all be friends? Let's hang Mm -hmm. out. But Gabby was acting like a girlfriend. She was not acting like an – I mean, she was acting like a jealous ex-girlfriend, but that's not –
0: It's not really appropriate anymore. If you say you're going to be friends, be friends. Yeah. I think that was a test and it failed. Like, maybe Ollie was... You could tell he wasn't super keen to invite her, but he did. He was a bigger person. He invited her. And I think it was, like, a way of testing, like, okay, how are we going to be moving forward? Yeah. And obviously it did not go well. Do, Do you think that
1: Gabby thought that Ollie invited her to get back together? I mean, or maybe not in get back together, but kind of like begin that conversation because I felt Gabby seemed to take it so personally. Mm-hmm. Like the thought had never entered her mind that they'd go to a party and he'd be talking to another woman. Like she was so furious
0: about it. It just made me think, what expectations did she have going into it? In the episodes, I mean, she—I don't think she was in the last episode, but in the episodes post breakup, she—they always seemed to show her as being a bit hopeful that something yeah. would change remember like he broke up and then he called her and and she was like her face lit up like oh maybe something would have happened but i was also thinking like of in the first he'd been there at the cafe like imagine you and i and like a, a girlfriend and then one of our exes comes up and feels like entitled to hang out with <laughs> to like, hang out with us I my know. friends like <laughs> it's weird because in this situation we don't know them so it's like okay yeah like it's not doesn't seem crazy, but just imagine yourself in that situation. That'd be so weird. So then to what extent is
1: Gabby just deluding herself by kind of thinking, if I hang out with him enough, maybe he'll take me back. Because you're right, she's very hopeful when he's around and she's very much putting herself in a situation um, that she obviously thinks is maybe opening up possibilities. Mm -hmm. And she's bitterly, bitterly upset when it's clear that they're just friends. And I think he's being so mm-hmm. fair. He is. He's not doing anything inflammatory. He's not... He's not... He's clearly not trying to hurt her. He's not trying no. to throw anything in her face. He's just living his life, mm-hmm. which is
0: completely understandable after a breakup. And you know the part that really was like... I uh, felt it was when she was like, how would you feel if I this you? Know. And like, he was being gr- like very nice and he wasn't trying to rub it in but he was also at the same time you could say he's like i don't really think i would care and uh because he broke up with her but not even that like you can break up with someone and still like have feelings for them but like i think it's clear in this case he doesn't yeah
1: (laughs) i think there was always a feelings imbalance because i think if 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 he had been as deep into it as she had at some point in their relationship I feel like he'd have a little bit more of an appreciation for where she's coming from. If he had been desperately in love with her the way that she is with him, he could at least have the memory of what that felt like and, and have some comprehension of what she's going through. But it, it, there's nothing. Like, he doesn't understand because he's not as obsessed with her, and I don't think he ever was. No. Which is sad for Gabby, but, you know, she's kind of – you kinda gotta give it up. I okay, and to be fair, she's on this show and like that's her storyline. Right. So I'm sure she was encouraged to kind yeah. of make this happen. But she definitely plays into it or or like that speaks to I think how she would handle it naturally. I don't know. I mean I don't I don't know her, so I can't comment on like what she would or would not do, but definitely interesting. So we we have this huge blow up with Gabby and Ollie and then later the only other thing we see with Ollie is he's at the park with the girls and he's talking to this guy presumably to get a date for Cheska and he comes back with a date himself and I thought that was really cute like I think Ollie looks so good in that part
0: yeah yeah no he's all you know the tan going on the, Buff, the hair yeah. was working for him yeah the muscle shirt like I don't think they knew what was really going on yeah. with that guy but Cheska like seemed very hopeful like oh he's really cute I was like, oh. Tesco is so hopeful. She's like, Ollie, don't do it. But then she really, she
1: wanted him to do it, clearly.
0: Yeah. but well, that's really cute. And, like, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes for sure. Yeah. You know, it just reminded me of, like, when you're a little bit
1: younger and, like, your friends are like, oh, you think that guy's cute? I'm going to go talk to him for you. I'm going to give him your number or whatever. It just seems. It's, like, mortifying to think about that now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now it would be like, that's so embarrassing. Please don't
0: talk to yeah. him for me. Like, I'm a human being. I can go <laughs> and talk to him myself. Thank you. So Gabby wasn't the only one bringing the drama this week. Um, we had Rosie actually coming out of the woodwork <laughs> and really kind of stirring the pot with Millie and Hugo, creating a bit of conflict there on multiple fronts.
1: I know. This is, this is the first time we've ever seen her in that sort of role where she is sort of actively seeking out conflict. I But having said that, I think it's warranted. And I think on both fronts, there's justification. Well, yeah, justification to some degree. But let's talk about Hugo and Rosie and Millie before we talk about Rosie, Agni, and Fred.
0: Yeah, so... From the beginning of this episode, Rosie starts off with a bang, kind of being a bit aggressive, and I don't know how you would describe that, about Millie. So she's been kind of, you know, playing it, yeah, close to her chest until now, but now she's, like, full on talking with Amber, kind of. She's come out of her shell. Again, like she was doing last episode, trying to be like, I could have Hugo whenever I want. How, like, could Millie even think about taking my reject pile guy And it's like embarrassing for Millie to do so. And so it's very clear now that Rosie's uncomfortable and feels weird that Millie is still pursuing Hugo. But I mean, if Rosie wasn't interested, why would this be a problem? Mm -hmm.
1: I almost, it almost seems like Rosie saw the last couple of episodes, realized there's no way she could have. No, I know, but realized what a pushover she seems, or at least like very muted on this subject of what's going on and is you know to some extent rightfully really angry and trying to kind of seek her revenge so she obviously was playing this kind of well I guess if Millie wants my sloppy seconds that's up to her but when when Millie goes for it and then there seems to actually be a relationship happening with Hugo Rosie can't really stand it so she seems to now want to kind of get in and say you know, I'm upset that my friend did this to me. I'm upset that the guy that I liked did this to me, and now they're happy. Like, I'm not going to stand for that.
0: Yeah, I kind of, again, like, I, I was uh, feeling more sympathy to Rosie in the first few episodes, but now I just found her very unlikable in how she approached mm-hmm. the situation. Because if her and Millie yeah. are best friends, and okay, we, we've, we've questioned and discussed Millie's intentions, but, like, starting fresh, uh, Hugh, uh Rosie denied Hugo Millie it's clearly, like, super into Hugo. They organically started something. Yeah. Why would you go in and say, hypothetically, if I change my mind? And then be rude to Millie. Like, at the especially at the last scene between the two of them when they were at the seamstress place with Amber. And I thought Millie was just so right, saying, like, how do you feel? Like, this is how I feel. Like, I really like him. We're in a relationship. I don't think it was fair that you did that if you felt hurt by me, you should have told me and not just gone eye for an eye, which is what Rosie... Yeah. Which was just super immature, and Rosie, what could she say to defend herself there?
1: She's very calculated, too, about it. Like, when she's with Amber at the fitting, she's saying she's eagerly anticipating, essentially watching her friend be humiliated, because she has all the confidence in the world thinking that she's going to go to Hugo and sort of dangle a carrot and he's gonna jump for it Mm -hmm. and millie's gonna be left in the dust and that's what she wants like she wants her friend to be kind of face down in the dirt after having pursued this guy for the audacity like rosie doesn't actually want hugo at this point
0: yeah i don't think she does but she's kind of acting like she She, that's why she says hypothetically she
1: doesn't actually want him but she Mm -hmm. so she's still covering herself Because she still doesn't want to ever, you know... So that's
0: just a completely hurtful thing to do. Yeah,
1: she's literally doing it to hurt Millie as, I think, revenge. Um, And I
0: think it's so sad, too, because Millie is just so vulnerable. I know. And there's so many scenes. Like, I'm sure you... I know. I melted in this episode. So sweet between her and Hugo. And he actually stepped up this episode. Like, I really felt like his respect towards Millie so I don't know what
1: happened but you know how we talked about a couple episodes ago it felt like we missed something I had that Mm -hmm. same feeling in this episode I felt like we Mm -hmm. missed something because last time Hugo was still quite dismissive dismissive of Millie even when he was being romantic it was kind of like oh what keeps happening between us now he is two feet in you know when she arrives with Kagi at the masquerade ball he says sweetie you look incredible it's just he is so loving and they become official. They have this really tender moment. There's just like such a connection there. And that's what I have essentially been gearing up for this whole series. Is knowing that this was ha- going to happen. So, and sweet- seeing the sweetness from before. But you're right. This is like a total change of tune for Hugo. And for Rosie to kind of come in
0: and try and spoil it. I didn't like that. And I, I do like how... Unfortunate for Millie and everybody involved that Rosie wasn't more mature. Especially that yeah. conversation at the end between them when Millie was just like, "Let's talk this out. I want to know how you feel." But you can see the growth in maturity in Millie and Hugo in this episode, and yeah, they're just some a couple now you you do want to root for at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. And Rosie had multiple opportunities to tell
1: Millie how she felt previously. So Mm -hmm. I can't really empathize with her decision to do it now. I understand that it's out of hurt, but it's kind of spiteful because Millie so many times has said to Rosie, do you like Hugo? Do you mind? And she's always like, no, it's totally fine. I don't want him. Like if I'd wanted him, I could have had him. Like Rosie's already tried to knock her down a few pegs before this like at what point are you just gonna be happy for your friend in this relationship that obviously means more to her than it would have meant to you Mm -hmm. so that's why i wonder if she saw the episodes or something i mean i don't know if that's possible but it just seems like she's very like bitterly defending her pride here and thinks like i'm hot stuff
0: and millie you are gonna regret treating me like quite badly and i was thinking too amber hasn't been in it a lot even though she was like heavily featured in the first episode Mm mm-hmm Mostly, and it kind of fell off from there. But anytime her and Rosie are together, it's just not good. Rosie is at her worst with Amber. I have a theory about Amber. So
1: we know that Hugo is the one who was hanging out with people from the hills over in LA. And he thought, okay, we can do this in Chelsea. Like it was a hugely Mm -hmm. popular show in the US. And they said, okay, let's bring this over to London. And he pitched the whole show. And you know how much he was going for Amber at the beginning? I think that she was lured onto the show as his romantic interest and when it was clear that wasn't gonna happen that's why we get confused hugo with like the two different women because i don't think i think it was supposed to be amber and hugo
0: i thought they were setting amber up not just as a romantic lead with hugo but also like as the it girl yeah like the protagonist the chelsea girl
1: no, Kagi. No, but it's got to be Kaggy.
0: No, but Amber and
1: Kaggy were the two. Yeah, really. but they're not even friends, so I don't know how they thought that was...
0: No, but I guess just, like, these are the two it girls and they're, like, separate storylines that they would interconnect. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, I don't know what happened with, you know, we could speculate all we want, but with the production, with Amber, like, how she handled I feel it. Like,
1: I feel like Amber realized pretty quickly that this was not going to be good for her fledgling business
0: i think she's done like, very well
1: <laughs> yeah i know but i'm saying like i don't think the show contributed to it like even think about the first the first opening scene was supposed to be a launch of her jewelry business you're right they were absolutely setting her up to you know their male lead hugo who pitched the show but then other characters became mm-hmm. equally as interesting that's 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 my guess i'm not i'm not 100 sure
0: i feel like if she it was so it's still early enough if, if, if it wasn't the hugo thing Because Rosie liked him for a bit. I feel like if she wanted to be more involved, she could have been. Yeah, for sure. But they could have made a storyline if she was willing. Because you can play the part if you want it. So I just feel like she maybe didn't want it. Yeah, I agree. Um, But
1: either way, at the end of this, we're essentially left with Rosie and Millie. Both burned. Like, both of them are upset with the other. Mm -hmm. And I think this has put a real dent in their in their relationship and their friendship and and I liked that Hugo acknowledged that like that he didn't ever want to really be between these two whether or not that's the case he seems to feel genuinely bad about it now mm-hmm. um but he's all in with Millie and I love that it makes me so happy
0: <laughs> yeah so hope to see uh, happy things in the future with them or let them have a moment at least. Yeah, let like, them have a moment happiness. of happiness. I think they get like one episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so the other occasion in this episode where Rosie's stirring the pot is Agni, Francis, Fred. That dynamic. Essentially, Rosie has learned from the previous episode that Fred and Francis want to share Agni. And here. I think she's doing the right thing when she goes and tells Agni about it. Like I, like I, I think she's causing trouble because she's she wants to, but at the same time, I completely respect this stirring of the
0: pot. Yeah, especially, of course, given our conversations about this before, but especially when francis confronts her at the end about this mm-hmm. and her reasoning is just like how can you treat somebody like this and then being mad at me for like relaying how you relay yeah, yeah. her. i think she outright said it you degrade her you speak so badly of her like she's not a person yeah and she says like as another woman of course i was gonna tell
1: her um, and I just want to point out that if this was a guy coming to another guy's defense, no one would question it. They'd be like, I'm just being like, this is my bro mm-hmm. or whatever. This is my friend. I'm not going to, I mean, I know they're not friends, but in the same way that guys would would kind of use guy code as an as an excuse, I absolutely think Rosie is justified in saying that this is, you know, a female issue. This is mm-hmm. not okay for these two men to share Agni, and Agni has no idea.
0: Yeah, and she was rightfully super upset. She, I think, she Agni handled it quite well. Yeah, she didn't she did. like let Francis and Fred get it, and they were both so like oh my god what was infuriating about the initial confrontation was francis could not freaking muster an apology he was like i'm sorry i you know felt that way i know i know
1: i loved how agni handled this like she says like let me speak and he's just stuttering mm-hmm. he just looks like a little boy who's been caught out and just the if we ever thought Agni was the underdog before she comes out way on top of Francis in this situation she is completely pissed off at him and she has absolutely every right to be pissed off at him it's not like how she is when Rosie tells her it's like no I'm your I'm his employee like this is so inappropriate if we ever thought in past episodes that she was playing into it I completely retract that I think that this was a direction from the the production team and she was never confused about their relationship
0: oh really that's interesting because i was thinking that they're setting it up now mm-hmm. that she's left for there to be something
1: okay i i agree that's probably the case but i think from her perspective this was a professional relationship mm-hmm. and she doesn't appreciate being treated like the block prostitute and I really didn't like how Fred handled it either. Like, he tries to joke it, like, he tries to yeah. joke about it. He tries to kind of play it off. He says, oh, I'm I'm sorry, do you forgive me? Of course, like, he's just like, it's it's like he's relying on his mm-hmm. charm to get out of it.
0: And it's just so snaky, and I just, I hate it. And yeah, and again, I mean, why don't we just hammer it home again? Because, like it's so awful like francis's whole mm-hmm. behavior and everything he's done in this whole series and he gets better so we can we can we'll see that we'll see yeah, it turn around we love francis later on then the way he confronts rosie disgusting and then that conversation ends how he calls her you're a meddling little bitch oh i know i know because
1: he was caught doing something gross he feels entitled to call her something like that and that's offensive in this society I can't imagine how offensive that would be seen by Rosie like, I feel like if anything that you know kind of class of people have higher standards about manners this was so below the belt Ugh!
0: I don't know anytime a guy says that word I bitch. he is not a- I hate that and then how evil and full of like malice the way he said it yes. it's just oh my god it just gives me like the I know. chills and I just hate it so much
1: yeah be- me too honestly I am of the opinion I don't think men should ever be allowed to use that word mm-hmm. like I just think it's so vile I don't really even like hearing women use it but I feel like women sometimes use it as a joking way and that's is not as offensive with each other because there's like a, a camaraderie. But when men hurl that disgusting word at women, it just, ugh, it makes me so sick. Like I just, I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so Agni quits, um, packs up her things. And again, like how they frame this is very much like a breakup like they've yeah. got the sad song going on he, you know he kind of looks longingly at her he looks almost like a little bit teary-eyed um she has like a sad
0: little like notebook in her box and that's about it yes yeah, her like box little sad box that was such an awkward end yeah and yeah and that last he says i think you're making again like ugh Make You're making a rash decision. You're being her. emotional. No, like you were completely inappropriate and you... Yeah. Putting it on her like she's making the decision to leave and it'll be bad for her.
1: I know. Not that he crossed the line massively and she's rightfully deeming this no longer a valid working situation.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad she... I was worried for a second that she would be soft at the end, but I'm glad she stuck yeah. her ground and left. And I mean, I think... You know, next episode I don't remember, but I think they'll like have a resolution of some sort. But I'm glad yeah. like she held her ground here.
1: Yeah, me too. If we ever thought Agni was kind of weak before, definitely
0: she has made up for it in this episode. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of strong, fiery women, again a theme of this episode, we have Keggy actually kind of showing a lot of emotion which is something she hasn't really done aside from being uncomfortable and and awkward with the situation she's put herself in she actually is demonstrating like strong emotions here in reaction to spencer's plan b (laughs) spencer's infamous plan b which is so it's so hard to like
1: dislike him in this episode in any way because he's so cute about this little (laughs) plan b and him and hugo their banter is just so precious. Mm-hmm. I I love plan B. It plan just, backfire. <laughs> plan, <laughs> plan blow up. Yeah, so his essentially his plan is to play Kagi hot and cold and emphasis on the cold and kind of get her to think he's not into her anymore and maybe she's lost her opportunity. I might have an unpopular an unpopular opinion here, but I feel like this is actually a legitimate plan. Plan. he just carried it out badly <laughs> and hear me out the reason I say that is because he has been so full on with Kagi from the get-go in this whole series he's been so desperately in love with her and so keen to share that affection and tell her how he feels and compliment her and cater to her every opportunity you know he's telling her how much he loves her and how beautiful she is so that's lovely if you're already in both of you are into this relationship or both of you are crushing on each other whatever but for someone who as kaggy is is kind of not sure how she feels about him this is quite full-on and can be really intense and I feel like it can be a big turnoff too I think like the idea of him kind of cooling off and like giving her some space, which is, you know, essentially what she asked for. Like, this is not the right time for us. Then it allows her the opportunity to come to him. So I get the theory behind the plan, but instead he was just so rude to her and, like, going around behind her back and, like, telling Millie stuff and knowing it's going to get back to Keggy and just kind of being hurtful. So, yeah, you're right. She blows up on him, and rightfully so, because he's
0: being jerk. No, you know what? I was actually surprised – understandably she could be like confused and hurt but maybe she had a few drinks maybe um but like her reaction did surprise me at the masquerade ball yeah she's furious i feel like Kaggy's one of those people that
1: even if you don't fully agree with where she's coming from she delivers her argument mm-hmm. so well that you can't help but end up on her side so i agree like i don't know that spencer okay he was rude but i don't know that it deserved That much of a reaction. No. But at the same time, like, you can't disagree with what she's saying. Like, it's true. Like, he just broke up with his girlfriend and he's expecting her to, like, come and pursue him. That's inappropriate. Of course, she's not going to do that. Mm -hmm. She's going to give it some time if she's at all interested.
0: Yeah, I think he went obviously too extreme. Like, I understand what you were saying about maybe he was too too much pressure especially last week in con about his feelings and that could that definitely freaked her out but then at the beginning of the episode she wasn't super freaked out when millie and her were biking millie kind of was like i know he's like so full-on but Kaggy was like didn't seem too put off by that she was like yeah it just it just needs a bit of time yeah she was open to it yeah
1: i actually made a note about that i thought like keggy seemed actually quite open to the mm-hmm. possibility Yes, I loved the million Kagi bike ride. That was so cute. I, lo- <laughs> I love cute. when they have these like best friend moments because they're so relatable. But it is interesting. I think Kagi does show her cards a little bit in this episode because if she hadn't been interested and Spencer played this kind of game and was maybe not as rude as he was, but she would have been like, "Great, we can go back to just being friends." This makes everything so much less complicated. She actually wasn't interested. But the fact she blows up about it, the fact she's upset when she finds out he is not going to ask her to the ball.
0: So yeah, like we've been talking about the genuineness of both of their feelings, but I feel like what's kind of telling maybe is Millie, how Millie treats Keggy. Mm -hmm. Especially when she's telling her about what Spencer said, like his ploy. Millie will tell everything. Millie's being I don't know, it could, like, I don't know again what's put on and not, but it Millie seems to be very sensitive and careful yeah. about how yeah. she's wording it. She gives Keggy like the full truth, but she's also, you can tell, like very worried how Keggy would react. But if if Keggy's not into Spencer, your best friend wouldn't be that worried, right? And speaking about best friends, the
1: idea that Spencer thinks Millie's gonna pass it on because she's like a big mouth is just ludicrous. Because if it's your best friend and there's any sort of information about this guy that she is in some way involved with, of course you're gonna tell. I don't even care if you're like the most closeted, quiet person in the world. You tell your best friend everything that has to do with someone that they've had some drama with. Of course you do. You don't have to be a big mouth to do that.
0: Yeah, I know. Hugo didn't really say anything there, but. Uh...
1: <laughs> Though Hugo is so, so funny. Just like the back and forth between him and Spencer about this
0: plan B and they're just like mocking each other. They're like the top couple right now. They have the best banter. One of the most iconic lines of Made in Chelsea when when Keggy confronts Spenny at the ball she says, "I'm so sorry you've been single for 2 minutes. I can't believe I haven't fallen to your knees already." Yeah. <laughs> it's been 6 years and now what? 2 minutes and I haven't done what you want? Fuck that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know it's such a good line. She's so she's so strong and
1: I absolutely love it even though I don't necessarily agree that that is a, was a matched response to what was done,
0: but I love it. I'm here for it. Spencer, for what we've seen, is just being kind of really cute, and you see his such good intentions, and she's taking them so badly, so you don't want her to react that way, but yeah. it's also good that she is standing up for herself. <laughs>
1: Honestly, though, I'm kind of surprised she didn't just laugh. Like, he was being so ridiculous. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I know. Ridiculous. But Spencer, playing aloof, like, so heavy-handedly, he should have just chilled out a little. Like, be friendly. Don't hit on her. Relax. She will come to you if she's interested. But Mm -hmm. the way he was is, like, his idea of being kind of plain hot and cold... Is like I'm gonna be obsessed with you, or I'm gonna be a complete dick to you, and I'm not. I'm not sure which one, but you're gonna get both. My favorite moment. I'm always curious. Like I was when I was watching it, I was trying to think, what will Tam's favorite moment be? My favorite moment is definitely when Peggy and Millie show up, and they look absolutely stunning. Of course, but Hugo is just so. Sweet to Millie, and it just kind of reaffirms what I've thought this whole series, which is they just have this really genuine connection, and it's finally showing its true face, and I love it, especially because we know it's not going to last very long. So I'm just, I'm just
0: cherishing these moments. Linz, what was your favorite moment? Well, that's interesting because I had a favorite moment, but I'm like, oh, Tam will pick this moment. So I was trying to think of another favorite moment, but it kind of builds off of your favorite moment um the conversation a bit later between millie and hugo when Uh. they yeah when they kind of are completely honest with each other they become official um millie was saying like i get butterflies every time i see you i thought that was just so sweet and and so relatable that feeling and
1: so vulnerable they're both so vulnerable with each other which just goes to show like it's going to be a good relationship well, for them for, for the time being for the time hey
0: they're married and they are happy yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it worked out I'm really I know it's great for them now but I just uh, no I just thought that was a really nice really nice scene and then you can't help but really be shipping them after that yeah
1: definitely yeah so they're the standout couple from this episode
0: well aside from Spenny and Hugo
1: <laughs> I love them I can't say it enough I think I just love Hugo I love Hugo
0: Spencer and I love uh,
1: Hugo with Millie.
0: Oh, wait. Okay. The favorite one, actually, I thought you would have aside from this one. Mm-hmm. The second one, I thought, would be when Hugo's giving censor shit about how he was not in, in Cannes
1: oh no okay that is I was just thinking about that moment when he's like wait well, come
0: check out the view with so me, with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay and we're laughing
0: so hard at that when we first saw it. I
1: know and I think that's again like why we excuse Spencer's behavior I mean not this season so much a little bit with Funda but going forward Spencer is never going to be the one who does like he always will make fun of himself he is happy to make fun of himself and you can't help but love people who are able to kind of do that and they're not, they, the pride and like the concern about people watching, like that doesn't get to them on this level. Like obviously in other ways it does get to him but I think that's why we excuse Spencer's behavior because he is really really cute and self-deprecating.
0: Yeah and this will come up <laughs> dozens of times I think going forward but the women do too right? Because I think he is so charming, and it's like, how could a woman, after knowing what he's done, continue to, like, get with him and believe in him? Well, I think it's just, like, what we're saying now. He just can charm you. (laughs) Yeah, it's Spencer. Spencer's very charming. 100%.
1: Even when he's at his sleaziest, like, I think he's still just something about that kid. And obviously, like, now he and his wife, like, they're both so funny. They, like, make such a good pair.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really know... I, yeah, I don't know her. his wife super well, but yeah, they seem to have a good, like, she can call out on his crap, mm-hmm. And she makes fun of him
1: equal parts. I feel like he's met his match. Yeah. All right, Lens. what are we listening to this week? I know there was some Bonnie Iver. Okay,
0: wait, so do you know what I'm going to say for this one? No. <laughs> they played our song, babe. <gasps> Tunnels? Nope. No. Our second song. <laughs> our friendship song our friendship song when we were walking to uh the boys house the strokes nope (laughs) we were both walking to concordia i know i can hear it in my head (laughs) oh what is it phoenix black keys black keys of it's yeah, so they played everlasting light which i love that song it's a great a great song by the black this is what
1: we're talking about like this series and like the next series and maybe even the one
0: after that like they had such good music what mm-hmm. happened and you've alluded to it too but i couldn't not mention also the St- "Restacks" by bonnie bear uh that was playing during like this stupid breakup scene i know the breakup scene with ag it's like such it was so wasted on that scene it's such a beautiful song but it is a beautiful song it made the scene more emotive for sure than what it was <laughs> oh it was totally inappropriately included
1: there like that could have been the black keys song and she should have just like walked out of yeah, there. <laughs> seriously
0: like, power mode but I feel like that could have been like used really effectively in like a really meaningful breakup. I know they should have used it in the in the finale. Yeah,
1: like that would have been. Ooh, I'm so excited for next next episode, <laughs> next time on the series finale. I can't believe it. We're already at the end of series one. Um, we finally get to see Ollie go on that date with the other man that he met at the park. I don't know why I said the other man. I meant another man. And we see that Kagi has plans to leave Chelsea and go to New York, and so I have to prepare listeners before they watch this one. Get the tissues because the series finale is just so good, and I think I cried the first time I watched it.
0: So emotive, and I think the from the trailer, Spenny's crying a bit. Oh, I love them. Why? Why didn't it happen? Well, we'll maybe talk about that. okay guys until next time make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from and follow us on instagram we're at take me to chelsea underscore podcast we'd love to know what you guys think of this episode